0: For brain stories? Get inspired and learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, managers, entrepreneurs, and experts who tell their brain stories and share their first hand insights. For all brand lovers, this show is to help you develop and grow your brand in a more intentional, strategic and most of all authentic way, locally and globally. Whether it's your personal brand or company brand, or whether you want to brand your product, service or cause. Welcome to Brands Talk. I'm your host, Brigitte Bakowski. I'm the founder and owner of Bridget Brands. I help my clients craft meaningful strategies that effectively elevate their brands to unleash their full potential and shine. Walk the talk. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brands. My guest today is Adapia Derrico. She is a visionary entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. She has co-founded businesses, launched brands, and defined industries from art to media to fintech and real estate. Adapia is an international author, powerful keynote speaker, and thought-after voice in crowdfunding, capital raising, and enlightened leadership. Adapia is a principal at Alpha Investing, a boutique real estate private equity firm, and the co founder of Women of Wealth, an organization dedicated to empowering women to take wealth creation firmly into their own hands. I warmly welcome Adapia D'Arrigo. Welcome to Brands Talk. Hi, Bridget. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you on my show, Adapia. We have connected already, I think a year ago, through the Leadership Global Network. That's a community Mm -hmm. of like-minded women who support and lift each other and where they can bring out the absolute best in each other. So I'm very happy we we connected and um, we got to know each other a little bit better. So um, would you like to share your personal journey that our audience gets to know you a little bit better and and tell us about um, that brought you right there where you are now. So a little bit about your background, that would be wonderful.
1: Sure, of course. Um, well, I guess like the best way to tell my story is that um, I got started very young working. Um, I was also, I would say, pushed that way from my parents. You know, my parents are Italian and, you know, as you know, like there's there's a lot um, – there's a lot of pressure that comes from our parents if we're, you know, if we're inclined to, um, to follow it. And I knew that for me, like working and being successful was really important. And a lot of that had to do with, um, with my parents and in, in essence and in expectations. So we all have all of these expectations and I got started really young. I started working in a bank when I was 18. Um, and so I really understood the value at a young age of financial freedom. Um, although it would take me another over 20 years to really recognize that I knew that and that there was something else, um, there was something else behind it because initially it was all about, I'm going to be successful. I need to make a lot of money that makes me successful. My parents will be proud of me. You know, I'll you know, all of the things, the title and, and all of that. And I had a varied career. I mean, I started in the bank. I ended up moving to Europe for 11 years. Um, it was a little more challenging to follow a career path when you change countries. Uh, and it, like very much, especially because I moved to Italy and that's where I lived for nine years and women don't have careers in Italy. So I went from North America where it's very normal to have a career as a woman to Italy where it just, I couldn't, it was, it was so hard for me to even find a job. I had you know two degrees and work experience and I'm 24 and can't find a job because people just, I don't exist as a, as a, as like a case study. You know you know what I mean? Like there's like, they're like, you can be a secretary. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Like, it's not happening. Um, So I had, like, and even though I am Italian and my parents are Italian and that's my first language, um, I had a really hard time adjusting to to that. And eventually I ended up finding work in Switzerland because I lived in northern Italy. So that made more sense to me. And I was, you know, those people understood a little bit better. Um, And so I ended up working in a hedge fund there and that was a crazy experience because i uh, i was there when lehman brothers went down in 2008 so i experienced i mean the crash from a different place from europe but however i mean the funds were investing in um we had American clients as well. And obviously what happened in, to Lehman, what happened to Wall Street happened across all markets globally. So we were definitely impacted. And um, shortly after that crisis was over and I mean, the fund was fine and uh, they did very well after, they were wonderful people. Um, I ended up going into business with my sister. I did like a whole 180. I mean, I went through a massive life change there, um, personal and, and career by leaving that, I followed my entrepreneurial spirit and I went into business with my sister who's an artist. So I'm coming off of a financial, you know, markets, background, um, investor relations. And, um, you know, I I can't really tell you what it was other than a really strong feeling of like, I really want to do this. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur, (laughs) um, but, but I found out, didn't know anything about art. I didn't even know what a JPEG was. I had no idea. I had nothing. Um, but she was being approached cause she's a fantastic artist. Her name is Camila DeRico and um, she was being approached to use her art on merchandise. So that's the licensing industry. And, and, um, she had already, um, well, so some publishing company had tried to not pay her for her work, which is happens a lot to artists. Um, and so, What started off as like, well, let me, you know, I'll look at your contracts. Let me help you a little bit with your accounting. I started to see this bigger picture of she could really build a a profitable business by developing her art and really like her brand because her art is her brand. Um, But back then, so this is like 2008, 2009, artists didn't really, it's almost like they weren't allowed to make money. Like unless you were, you know, represented by this big gallery and like they take 50 to 60 percent. And um, and so one of the best things I think is when you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know anything. Yeah. So I went to a trade show, uh, a licensing trade show. No idea. And it was this wild world wild world. I was like what is this place? Like there you know Disney and like there's like all these brands like consumer brands. And um and this is you know and this is the thing again like and I started meeting people I started networking. I showed everybody her art. Um and somehow through that I learned and was able to build a business for her with her art. And so I did that for several years, and man, was that fun. I mean, we would just fly all over the world. I mean, we started a business during the Great Recession, which people would say, You're crazy. People told us you can't put her art on mugs because, simultaneous to the art licensing, um, which made sense to me because you get paid. Mm-hmm. Like the company pays you to use your artwork or, you know, and I was like, oh, that's marketing that pays us. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. I love that. Like that makes financial sense to me. Um, and then we started making our own merchandise. So she's a painter and she was being shown in galleries. So we were doing gallery shows. I was coordinating with galleries, et cetera. Um, And so I did that for a lot of years. Went to all the Comic Cons. So the you know, infamous San Diego Comic Con, like, you know, booth there, like so much work all over the world, a lot of fun. So I learned that I love being an entrepreneur. Um, I learned about brands just by by force of having to create one. Um, this was at the beginning of social media. Mm -hmm. So we started social media channels, like all of it. It was like it was grassroots to the hilt. And Around I would say, so I uh, left Europe and I moved back to North America in two thousand and eleven, moved to l a. Um, and you know, I was at that point we were working with Disney. We were doing some other projects, and I was consulting for other artists and other brands, and this whole idea of fan building, which you know today is is like a whole industry, but that was back when it was like a new like a new idea, and that's where I really learned what uh, the importance of a brand. Um, but all that said, I moved to LA and I, um, by way of always trying to build her business with her, um, I kind of came into crowdfunding. So we were, we did our own crowdfunding on Kickstarter and, um, and let's see. And then around 2013, um, I was like, we just kind of went our separate ways. I would say, like, she had her business because with me being here in LA, I was discovering there was more that I wanted to do for myself as well, and um, and I started to learn about um, equities crowdfunding. So that's the the Jobs Act for people in the U.S. And now this is pretty common. Like you can go on WeFunder, Invest. you can invest as an individual into, you know, future, you know, maybe the future Facebook. Um, But back then it wasn't really possible, but that's what got me started in the real estate industry. So I joined one of the first real estate crowdfunding platforms. I was the CMO um, and I I didn't know anything about real estate other than it was a good investment, but I had no idea about it. So again, I don't know what I don't know. Um, but we, you know, I built the brand for the company leading company, um, in some ways, really the whole industry, because it was just getting started. I I mean, it was like, I remember going to conferences where there was like, you know, 30 people. Um, and now it's all part of FinTech. And so again, like starting over, um, and you know, for me, like work has always been my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can fast forward to about 2000, end of 2017, um, where <laughs> that, that identity completely dissolved. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you could say I probably was burnt out, um, because I was, I had gone nonstop for years cause I went from, you know, Uh, trying to like jockey my way into like this really great financial career, getting to the hedge fund, like everything that went down there, jumping into being an entrepreneur with my sisters, you know, being an entrepreneur is just, just like your whole life. It is, you know, you don't rest, you don't sleep. You're always working, jump into crowdfunding, create a company, define an industry. Um, And then from there I was, I was like consulting and doing other things. And then I just, it was over. Wow! <laughs> I like it was over, and that um, that was like the beginning of the end. The end, and then um, I had to f- go through a whole journey to to find, nine, my next step.
0: Wow! So before we go to the next life phase, yeah, the journey that is going going forward that you took, I would like to know. Um, yeah, you are actually a serial entrepreneur. I say that because you always founded one company then, then the next one and then the next one in 2021 so um what is that urge uh, why um what was so important for you to start your own business because it's not an easy journey it's got a lot of challenges and hurdles to over um, and there's the, the mm-hmm. positive things you know how oh, you made it there's the winnings but there's also the setbacks so how was the journey in general for you so if you look back um and and what was your initial trigger to become an entrepreneur now that you know what an entrepreneur is <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly exactly yeah I'm
1: not sure what the initial trigger was it's I get, it's not like a linear thing that I thought about. It's a feeling like I want to, it was a really strong feeling of, I mean, coming out of a more corporate, even though the hedge fund was small mm-hmm. and you could say entrepreneurial and in, in, in a way, um, but it was still very corporate. It was still very linear and, you know, it was still very boxed in and, and I, I just needed freedom and, um, I discovered that I'm very visionary and I used to not feel comfortable even saying that because I would think, oh, you know, someone's bragging if they say that. But it's actually like I, I have an understanding of, let's say, the future or what something could be. And so I love being on the edge of that. Mm-hmm and it fascinates me like if i just pay attention to what i what i pay attention to what i want to spend my time on mostly that excites me it's all the new innovation yeah it's all, it's like anything that's new. It's anything, um, that that's like changing the world because I, the world changes so fast, faster and faster. Um, and it's interesting to me to see the progress and to see the evolution. And, and I think that's it's, it's rooted in there where I like to start things. Um, I like to be the part of things at, in the beginning Um, when nobody can tell you what to do Mm -hmm. and you're making it up and you're figuring it out as opposed to coming, uh, like I'm really good at like early stage, but later stage for me is not like, you know, implementing systems and that is not me. So that's been part of understanding who I am. And so I didn't know any of this when I started, I just had a really strong feeling that I wanted some freedom. And and that was freedom from like a hierarchical type of a system. Even though being an entrepreneur is is way more stressful than this, but it's more enjoyable for me than this. Mm -hmm. Um. So that that would be that would be really the impetus. Is I like to be where like the action is, like where the new industries are being birthed, where people are discovering things. Um. Because I'm not a scientist, but I am in that sense over here.
0: That's about entrepreneurship. When you have a vision, uh, something, you visualize something, that's where I want to go. That's the legacy of what I want to leave behind and being inspired about the whole process. And um, yeah, cre- creating something with other people. And I think there is, is something that continues your journey on top of it, having this purpose. There is something more than just a bottom line making profits right mm. doing something creating something that is valuable to other people yeah so this aspect i think that's how i got to know you is is becoming more and more and more part and important to your own life is it
1: Yes, yes. And it's being part of something with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an energy when there's something new being created, when there's a new opportunity. Like there's an energy there that gives me energy. And I found through um, my experiences, I'm not a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. That is not what I want. I don't want to do things completely by myself. That's like, um, I like to be part of of something with other people. So there's a community aspect to it because it's just, it's more fun that way. Um, And so that was also really important learning for me about, yes, I'm entrepreneurial and serial entrepreneur, but I don't always have to be the one, A, I don't have to do it alone. And I don't necessarily have to be the one to start it. I like being part of an early stage team as well and coming in and now like so many years later with my experience i bring so much to the table where i, I i'm like the the wiser older person in some ways um, but i still get to be part of that really dynamic uh energy that's there yeah
0: and i think that's why you started your own business women of wealth in 2021 right Yeah. Yeah. Women of wealth is, yeah,
1: it's, it's a, it's an organization. I mean, it's actually a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really all about empowering, um, women. And I still have, you know, my, my, I'm a partner at the private equity firm and that's like my primary work. And that's actually a really important thing that I learned too in, in the past few years is, um, is that having that stability for me was also really important—the financial, the financial stability. Because when I tried to be a solopreneur after my burnout, and actually what contributed to even more burnout was that um, I tried to to just go and do something on my own, um, and I wasn't successful, and and that was really hard on my ego, and just like I didn't understand, I didn't understand why I couldn't be successful. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was why something's wrong. Like, I can't make it work. And it was because, like, the universe was just saying, you just need to chill out. You need to stop and collect yourself. And really, I had an, I, you know, like an ego death, like an identity crisis. Because if I'm not the successful executive, then who am I? Um, and so I tried to be an entrepreneur that had to be successful at all costs because I didn't know how to operate any other way. And that didn't work. And so then I had to come to terms with I'm not a good solopreneur, and that's fine. Um, and but that was hard for me to admit to myself that that you know that I didn't succeed or failed or however you know one wants to use the words. But um, I really that's when I realized like I like being part of a team of people. Like that's when I learned like I want to do things with others. And so that's how I joined Alpha. And then women of wealth kind of came very naturally. It took many years to incubate with um with my partner um Jennifer who's um my co-founder. And we just kind of started it as like we wanted to have a space for women to have conversations about money and not like how to make more money. I mean there's plenty of like Courses and things where it's like here, make more money, work harder. Um, I'm not interested in working harder, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, one way. I'm interested because my background, my career is in financial, you know, investments. I know that my money can work hard for me. I don't have to work that hard. But most people, and especially most women, don't know that because we just think we have to work harder. That's not true. Um, our money can work for us, and And I know that's my industry. It's money works for you. And so we wanted to create a forum and a space for women to drop the shame around wanting money or, uh, you know, because there's a lot of stigma there. And just to create a space and a community and conversations and even education through our life experiences and access and what I do and what she does and what other women in our first cohort of the mastermind do – to empower each other to set big goals and to hit big goals because I know how to hit those big goals through investing um, and not stock market investing, but the kind of investing that wealthy people do wealthy men have done forever and ever and ever and it's not special they're not special they don't know more than other people know they just talk to each other more and they and they create opportunities and access for each other more that's not something women can't do. So that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. It's also, I think, a different mindset they have. And um, when it comes to what you are doing, this you are on one hand in this private equity realm and and space. And I also got to know you very much as a reflective and sensitive and, and rather, let's say, more person. So, you know, and we always think we have to make this decision either or, but what I see, what you do, you combine both so beautifully real estate. And on the other hand, there's more this enlightened leadership and um, women empowering women, women supporting women. So how do you bring that all under one umbrella? Uh, yes. Because yeah. I think the formula behind somehow. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: that was, that's really been the, the last couple of years of my journey is I, I was very separate in my mind and in my, it, I was very separate because I thought, you know, at first like I'm I'm well at first I thought I'm only a successful business person. There was nothing else, um, and then that went away, and then I went on a very deep spiritual journey. Um, to really, I mean, it's cliche, but I'll say it. It really was to find myself, like who who I really am, and. who what I want, like who I want to be. So like I said in the beginning, these expectations that we all live under, other people's expectations, other people's authority, other people's expertise, like, oh, something's wrong. Oh, someone else can give you the answer. The truth is that I have the answers. I have to be willing to know myself so deeply that I can understand when I even have a question. When there's something that's not going wrong, how am I the one creating that situation for myself, whether it, it manifests externally or it just, you know, it's just something that, you know, like the, those voices that we have in our heads, like the inner, you know, the inner critic and becoming very, very aware of all of the different layers that that make me who I am. And so that was a deep, deep journey of, of really like undoing that outer shell of ego and the um, the executive and success and other people's expectations and um, and coming back and and finding this, this other side of me um, and really my spiritual nature. And so then for a while, I was only that. And in a way, because I had to be, and it's my process also to do things deeply, like all the way through. So I don't just like, if I'm going to do something, I go in so deep, Um, and so when I'm there, I'm that I'm completely consumed by it. And so in a way, like the hero's journey, I came out of that. And then I brought the two things together because I realized, and this is really important for anyone who's like maybe having a spiritual awakening or they're very drawn to, especially in moments of stress, it's very easy to be drawn to something completely different, like, you know, like conscious community or what have you. Um. The, they they you can't be separate. If you can't bring your spiritual self, your knowing of yourself so deeply to what you do in the real world, then you're only living half a life. Because the reality is we live in a world, in a society that functions in a certain way. Um, like money is part of our lives. You can't wish it away. You can't wish it were different. Systems exist. There's Rules, man-made rules, math rules, whatever you want to call it, we have to play the game, and we have to play in order to change it to be the way we want it to be. So, knowing what I know about myself, I also just make different choices. I have different relationships with people. I also empower myself to um, to do things with my resources. So, I invest in things that I believe in. I invest in a way that gives me the life that I want, and I invest in a way that I feel I can help change the world to be the way that I want to. And that comes from this deep spiritual knowing of the impact that I can make. So I'm finding the tools to make the impact. Instead of thinking I can't be in business because I'm suddenly spiritually awake, in reality. I'm always spiritually awake. I'm just doing different things. So what am I going to choose to do? I love business. I love investing. I love finance. Um, I love showing other women how to do the same so that they have their time back. They're doing what they want to do. They're making meaningful investments. And we're literally like that saying of like, like, you know, vote with your money, so to speak. Like, There's so much power there that women are not claiming. And by my claiming it and bringing those parts of myself together, I am the best possible version of myself as a whole entire person rather than having separateness within myself and having those separate pieces kind of fighting for my own attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, that's that been the journey. Wow, that's so is said. Unbelievable. That's takeaways for our audience. <laughs> so I, I just want to recap. So it's really important to bring both together, the spiritual kind of awakening and the money part, to be complete, basically, uh, and to invest in what we are believing in. And also finding the tools to make that impact. And then claiming the power that we, we have, owning our voice as being the whole person. And so on top of that, so that's a kind of a prerequisite, I suppose. Do you have any other best wealth management advice for women who start out with their businesses? Like uh, three steps or three to-dos or three most important facts or points?
1: Mm, oh, wow. That's a good question. Okay. Let me, um, I'm going to think about this. So, if you're a business owner, um, you generally will be putting most of your money into your business, right? Like, that's especially in the beginning, you're you're doing that. Um, but your parents put their money for their kids, et cetera. Um, I think the number one thing is to make space in, in your business, in your, in your finances, like to also treat your personal finances like a business. And and to put money aside to invest for yourself, mm-hmm. um, it's really it's really really important because they're separate things. Um, and while the business can can be, you know, you might be able to exit that business later for a large sum. That that's fine. That's great. Um, but you still have to you still have to think about your personal financial situation and, and treat it and treat it like a business. So make it a priority. So first, like have a have a financial plan for yourself um and that that also is like understanding what your goals are and um and your needs and and really prioritizing that for yourself um because the the lack of financial stability is one of the greatest stressors that we face um in life in relationships um so that that's one that's like probably the most important thing and then from there Naturally the question is, well, I don't know anything about money. I don't know who to who to who to talk to. Um, so I would say like when that comes up, because it's a lot and you're already a business owner, I'm busy. I don't want to also have to be my own financial advisor. And um, but it's it's worth it. So you there's so many resources online. There's there's communities like Women of Wealth, but there's people out there that there's investment groups, there's so many places, find someone to talk to you and talk to them openly, Mm -hmm. ask questions, like, especially as women, you know, it's almost like it's not, we're not allowed to not know something because we always have to, we have to be like five, six times better, five, six times knowing more just to, you know, just to feel like we, um, are valuable exactly like we're even and that most of that's in our heads too, by the way. Um it's not true. <laughs> like, um there's pl- it's maybe in some cases there's still some people that think that way, but I find like at least 50% of that's just in my head. Um and so so that's a long way of saying ask questions and ask for help. Uh really, really important. Um and then I would say the third is start to take the action on some of those investment um goals, they're, they're small things that you can do. Um, and I find doing it in a community and this is why we have women of wealth, um, is just the, the best way to do it. Like even with some of my investors at, at alpha, they, you know, we have these conversations and, and I love talking to them and hearing what else they're investing in or what some of their goals are. Like I always ask, like, what are you, what are your goals? And like, then I can understand whether what we offer fits for them. And it doesn't always, but you know, I love having conversations with people and hearing like how they got to where they are, what they're doing, what else they might be doing, because I learn from them and that's a big part of it too. So, but you have to take those, you have to take those steps. Like I can't tell you how many women uh, in, for, for alpha on the investment side, you know, they for them, it's so much to think, well, I already have my job. Like I have my kids. I'm already like, you know, head of household. I'm doing all these things and, and, and they're getting into investing and it's overwhelming to have another person to talk to you and, and to feel, um, safe with that person to make the investment choice. And then they start making the investments and they start to see the money come back. And then it starts to hit, it really hit. I mean, you see it in your bank account and you think, okay, it's working. Um, and so you have to take the action to, um, towards those goals. So it was, it was prioritizing, um, your personal finances, asking questions and finding people to talk to, and then taking action. Those are, those are the three things, um, that I would really recommend. And they're very powerful. Um, they're very powerful, especially done in community.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Adapia. Um, Another question I would like to ask you, um, since uh, you are a business owner, you are the face of the company and are a thought leader in your space, in your ecosystem, in in, in the women community, and thereby you are a strong personal brand Mm. and authentic personal brand. So what does that mean to you? What is your take on personal branding, personal brand building and being authentic a personal brand.
1: Yeah. I mean, like the word you said, authentic, like that to me is, is, is like, it's everything. Um, and so to me, what that means is, um, and this, this is this, I learned this through that spiritual journey of, I don't have to be someone different for someone else. Like, how much time and energy and effort do we put in to creating a persona so much work to you're always out here like you're like you're here and then this this thing that you're being is over here it's so much work to hold up that persona and it's not worth it because then you're always needing to be that person for someone else. And it's just like the energy is just, it's exhausting. So if I can be myself, if I can trust myself, if I can love myself to be myself, then it's not as much work. It's so much easier and it's more natural. So I can have more natural interactions and conversations. And that to me is, is the personal brand is, is me being myself. Um, and, and like all of, all of myself. So, you know, the obviously like there's a professional side to me, there's also like a deeply spiritual side to me and a personal side to me and, and a, and a witty side to me. And so, um, it's just my ability to know how to interact with other, with other people. Um, and it comes naturally after a while too. So it, it, it's like, it starts with the being comfortable with myself and that's what I learned in that in that like in that ego death in that burnout and the spiritual awakening was basically I, I don't have to be someone else. I can just be I can just be me and that that has been without thinking of it as a brand without you know because other people might other people will tell me who they think I am a lot of times. Um, and that's really like, it's interesting. Um, but, and most of the time they say I'm authentic and, and then, you know, and I appreciate that. Um, and so it's just like, that to me is it like, and I want you to be yourself. I want to have conversations and relationships with a real person, yeah. not the person's persona that they think they need to put up for me or someone or someone else. And this is often one of the things that I have a, real trouble with in our world of the way that personal uh brands or thought leadership is marketed. It's very, it can be very flashy, it can be very showy. I know in these like these TikTok times, like you did like people are acting a lot. And that's fine. I mean, if you have a good time with it and that's like part of your personality, but it it can also create separation within the self. And so I have trouble sometimes with, with overly like forced um, marketing, let's say, and I personally don't respect it. But if I meet that person, I might meet that person in person. And they're completely different from the way they show up. That, which is fine. But that to me is a problem. Because what example are you giving to the people you're trying to talk to? Are you really helping them? I have a real issue with these influencers because you're, again, you're, you're asking your own, like people will, um, it's like people give away their agency. They give away their own authority because they think, oh, the influencer knows more. Um, They might, it's true that they might, but you still have to, you still have to do some work to understand. And like, I mean, the influencer has done the work to get to where they are. But you, if you like that influencer, that's fine, but they don't necessarily know more than you if you spend some time learning it too. Does that make sense? Like, it's just like, I have a real issue with it because I think it's leading a lot of people away mm-hmm. from their own personal power.
0: So I think what you mean is the influencer is more the means to an end. It helps to communicate the message, but the message should be borne by the person or by the company who stands for whatever or lives by their values when they create and communicate? Then a certain, yeah. certain exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So to an me- end. You said it so much but be-
1: It's like it's like the, it. It's all marketing and it, and and it's all producing and it's all, a lot of it is acting and it's very you know very dynamic. People are very dynamic and it's like it's almost entertainment and maybe. If people understood it to be entertainment in a way, um, then, then it would help them be able to make their own decisions. Cause what I see is we just, people are just constantly outsourcing their power and their decision-making to other people that maybe they have a big audience. Maybe they know more, maybe, but maybe they don't know what you need. You do and that's why it's so important that you like you work on who i like who you are who i am who am i what do i want what are my values truly my values um so that when you interact with an influencer or a thought leader know that they're a business person they have a business they ha- they have their own they're their own means to their own end too and so it's like understanding what their priorities are and what their goals are And that's really important in that, like that brand, personal brand influencer relationship, because the other thing that I learned, um, is that I have so much more influence in a very small circle. Mm -hmm. I have more influence. I have more impact than if I had a million followers, so to speak. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I'm, I'm we all have so much influence in our own lives and just the people that are part and parcel of our everyday lives and if we focus a little bit more on that we have we have the ability to make a huge impact and a huge change in people's lives just, just by recognizing that who is already in our lives is enough.
0: Yeah, yeah that's the so-called niching. Yeah, we are focusing on a specific target audience or we feel comfortable in a specific group of people that resonates with us and we can mm. on, a, on an emotional, on a visceral level. Yeah. It's like a glue that connects us. It's the emotions mm-hmm. that we try to to leverage here and also where we can be true to ourselves when we communicate on that level.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and you do this, right? Like when you're working when you're working with professionals like women or like for your personal brand, having a personal brand isn't just so that you can be an influencer. I went off on this whole tangent about influencers, but I think that's where people get really messed mixed up is that they think that the, the personal brand has to be for like, for, because I need a business out of it. I need it to be an influencer or a thought leader. No, you're, you doing your job, like being who you are, like knowing yourself, like how you show up at work, like the impact that you make just in your team, right? Like you are a personal brand that way. And it doesn't have to be a built out brand. It, it simply has to be comfort in exactly who you are and, you know, everyone can work on like communication skills. Like there's always things that we can, that we can work on, but who I am reflects in how I show up and the relationships that I have. And so from that perspective, the personal brand for, for professionals, for executives, like it's really important. And it all, so, so you, like you do this and, and it's like, not just like, oh, I need to be an influencer. I only need a personal brand so I can be an influencer. No, you need that so that you know how to communicate. Cause this is what we don't always know is like, okay, I know who I am, but communicating that and in, in the actions and the understanding and having that awareness, like that's the real key to the success that I think most people want um is just in the really in in like the everyday especially like especially for i would say middle like executive women at that level where there's that bottleneck mm-hmm. where there's a lot mm-hmm. of women in like middle management vp roles there's this bottleneck and it always seems to go to the men and so there's a there's something there that needs to be worked on that's a little more strategic exactly But you sh- i would say it this way you still got to show up as who you are because um, that's what got you there in the first place. Not being an not being an influencer. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Adapia. There is one more question I would like to ask. You talked about burnout. You talked about certain uh, parts in your life um, that were um, maybe also eye opening and were significant to you to really live through that to get an understanding about who you are and where. Mm-hmm go, where you want to be, what legacy you want to be, uh, wanna you want to live behind, would you like to talk about one specific setback or detour to give us an idea of what really matters to you and what you learned from that?
1: Oh, wow. Um, there were so many. Uh, there are so many <laughs> setbacks. Um, I mean, I think like the... When I tried to do, to, to like have a solopreneur business, like, and that didn't work. So I was, um, I was trying to be a coach and kind of like a leadership coach that, um, that did not work. And, um, and so that was a real, that was a real setback for me because I also wasn't earning any money and that was really hard for me. And I learned for myself and some people can be really comfortable with you know not earning all the time or or what have you. Um I'm not that person. So I actually really learned in that moment. And it's it it and it's funny to me that well I guess not. I wouldn't have known. I wasn't this self-aware back then. But like you would think that I would know that financial stability is really important to me. But I didn't know that because I've always just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And I always thought if I just work a little harder then I'll succeed and I can make my money again and I and I was working so hard and I was so excited. I was like following my passion, all that good stuff. And it wasn't working and I was like that something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. And and so what I learned was that the financial stability was really important for me and that that is actually one of my values. Is that that financial like stability is is valuable to me. I value that. And so I had to make that a priority so that I could feel Safe and comfortable, and do what I needed to do. That was really eye opening to me because I had these kind of weird ideas that if you follow your passion, the money will follow. That is not true. <laughs> it wasn't for me, at least not that passion. And now I have a different way of kind of doing leadership work or, infl- you know, like helping. It's not coaching. I'm a terrible coach. I don't want to be a coach. Um, but I can do a lot with with the intention that i had with all of that which was to build community and especially to work with women to empower them but i now i do it differently i do it with women of wealth and i do it with the with the money thing and that all comes back to that moment when i realized oh my god like if i don't have steady income i am not i can't even like turn on the creative brain like all i do is worry so it's this whole cyclical thing that brought me around to that was the moment
0: yeah that's beautiful we learn so much from our setbacks from our detours and there's always something in it we look at and then it's so eye-opening and we take that and yeah level up to the next and then yeah integrate that in our lives going forward fine Adapia one last thing a quick word wrap all right okay Mm -hmm. when it comes to women empowerment empowerment Enlightening leadership. Could you explain that? In one word? Uh, one word or two sentences or something. Because actually I wanted to talk about it, but we never really made it <laughs> <laughs> to that point to really uh, define what is enlightening leadership.
1: Mm, um,
0: so to me,
1: uh, enlightened leadership means... Um, being true to yourself and leading from your heart, um, that is enlightened leadership. Enlightened is not th- that you've, that it's like enlightened isn't I know everything, I'm God. Like that, that's, that's not it. Enlightened is I know myself and I lead from that place. Beautiful. Good. Wealth. Freedom um, and abundance in time, uh, resources and relationships. And brands. Brands is a really big one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like um, an expression of values. Beautiful.
0: Cool. Yeah. Adapia, thank you so much. Also, where can listeners find you?
1: Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, honestly, the best place for people to find me is on LinkedIn. That's like yeah. that is sort of my hub. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn at um, a PIA, A-D-A-P-I-A. I'm pretty easy to find. And people can connect with me there. Uh, they can go to, um, you know, they can look up women of wealth. That's women with an X um, because we're really inclusive of every um every woman or anyone who defines themselves that way and um yeah that would that would be the best place to find me
0: okay i'll put everything into the show notes Adapia. thank you so much for being my guest today uh, it was a pleasure it was a delight having you and learn from you about women empowerment and in particular about wealth creation and Um, doing that simultaneously while living a meaningful and impactful driven life. Thank you so much, Adapia.
1: Well, thank you. Such a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And that was my conversation with Adapia Derrico. If you like my show, follow Brands Talk on your preferred app, share it on social media and if you find a minute or two, leave a quick rating or review. Thank you so much. If you want to learn more about me and my services, head over to BridgetBrands.com and get inspired. If you need support in becoming a strong and truly authentic brand, drop me an email. I'd love to be your guide on your hero journey. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brains.